0: Chapter 10 of the Gospel of Luke, and I'll be reading verses 38 through 42, shorter passage this morning. Listen again, this is the Word of God. As they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary. which will not be taken away from her. The grass withers and the flower fades, the word of our Lord will stand forever. You may be seated. <clears throat> Trying to keep the flow of the of the whole story and remember where we're at. I'll be reminded that we're in this account we're on the other side now of this main division in Luke. Um, the ongoing context for all of these events now is this journey that Jesus has now begun toward Jerusalem. And keep this in mind too. This is a, a journey which has a couple of times now. Um, it's been predicted will end with Jesus' rejection and his death and resurrection. A journey that in the account of the transfiguration has been described as ending with his exodus and so there's a sense in which all that's gone before all the amazing stuff that's been happening up to this point there's a sense in which it's it's preliminary it's leading up to some greater goal all of this is heading somewhere now Luke tells us that in this passage that it's on this journey that Jesus enters a village now if we're remembering back this language may bring to mind the instructions That Jesus had been given his disciples now twice as he sent them out and in one circumstance sent them out ahead of him in the places he was going to go. And the instructions that he had given them about when you enter a village, here's what you do. If you receive this way, respond this way. Um, And so now we see him journeying with his disciples as they have paved the way for him and putting some of his own instructions in to practice. Um, He had sent them before him. He's now going with them. In some of these towns and villages, we read recently about what happened in Samaria, where it was clear that he was going to Jerusalem, and so he was not received. Some of these villages, his reception has not been very positive. But in this one, in this certain village, we're told that a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. This Martha who had a sister called Mary. Now, we learn um, quite a bit more about these two sisters in the later gospel of John. Um, Mary, Martha, rather, would appear to be the older. As Luke says, it's her house. And maybe some of you with older sisters might see, yeah, she kind of acts like an older sister also. Not naming any names. But Mary and Martha also have a brother, Lazarus, who's not mentioned in this account, but in John. And in John, it's clear that these three siblings are, are special in Jesus' heart. It, it's, John goes out of his way to say, Jesus loved Lazarus and Martha and Mary, his sisters. And so it's, it's only natural in a sense that um, as Jesus is passing through on his way to Jerusalem, he would be joyfully welcomed into this house of those he loves. And picture the scene. And especially the contrast of what's happening. As Jesus is going to this very, very difficult mission that he's been given. um, This place of special warmth along the road on a difficult journey. Um, You know what it's like to, you know, the expression is to walk the green mile. To be headed towards something that you just really, really, really don't want to do. And maybe you've experienced sometimes someone coming alongside and giving you encouragement or comfort as you're headed toward that difficult task. And you know what a joy and what a blessing that can be. Well, it's that welcome. It's that hospitality that's serving as the setting for this account. But the real development in the story begins with a description of the younger Mary's activity. Of course, it'd be more proper to say... Her inactivity, right? Because she's described as the one who has sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. A couple of things about this. First note that this sitting is not merely a description of her, of her posture. Um, this was language describing a relationship of discipleship. Paul himself will say in volume two of Luke's gospel in the book of Acts, how he sat at the feet of Gamaliel. This was just standard terminology used to say, I am a devoted disciple of this teacher. And so this is what Mary is doing. She is acting and relating to Jesus as a disciple. Now, what would have been particularly striking to the original reader is that rabbis really didn't take female disciples in this way. I um, mean, so we have another instance here of jesus or luke developing this theme that jesus ministry was extended to those who were formerly thought as being outside those on the outskirts they're being brought in and this is an important point for us as well to realize that there isn't anyone who is excluded from being a full disciple to jesus now what is this teaching to which mary is listening Let's not forget, again, the heavy emphasis that Luke has been placing on the word, the teaching of Jesus all through this. Um, the, the great works that Jesus has been doing. have He has been doing by this powerful word. The great healings and freedom and release of, bondage, of people from bondage to um, demonic oppression. It's the word that's doing this. And those things are just illustrating something greater that the word is able to do and powerful to do and effective in doing. And that is bringing about the forgiveness of our sins and renewing and reconciling our relationship to God. So this is the word, this is the teaching that Mary is listening to. The word that's been working such wonders, the word that is itself so wonderful. The same word that we have access to. Now remember, as you're listening to this story, what Mary is doing, you have every opportunity yourself even today to do what we have here in this Scripture is the word of Christ. So it's this word to which Mary is glued fast with undivided attention. But Martha, not so much. Martha, rather, Luke tells us, was distracted with much serving. This is probably as good a time as any to note. The point of this story is not going to be to devalue acts of service. To say that they're not important. Well, how do we know that? Well, if you remember, last week we just heard a story, a story about the Good Samaritan, a story that heavily emphasized that true love for neighbor expresses itself in what we do to actually help those who are in need. That true obedience to God's commandments demands service. We see the mercy of the Good Samaritan actively showed By caring for the wounded man out of his own time, out of his own energy, out of his own financial resources. So, we're not to forget Jesus teaching in the immediately preceding parable as we enter this account. In fact, because of what we know about where Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived, it's pretty clear that Luke actually took this story from closer to the end of the journey and moved it, to the beginning of this journey and nestled it up against the parable of the Good Samaritan, so we could have the two of them together to compare and to qualify one another. Now, the problem wasn't that Martha was serving. The problem was with something about how Martha was serving. Again, the language here is that she was distracted by much service. This is saying more than simply there was a lot to do which presumably there would have been. Remember, Jesus is not traveling alone on this journey. His disciples are with him. It's not just the list is large. It's that the list is having a certain effect on Martha, an effect that it would seem it's not supposed to be having. It says she was distracted with much serving. Well, the question we would ask first is distracted from what? There's a sense if you look, first of all, you could say generally that she seems by her actions to be distracted from the entire point of hospitality but what is the point of hospitality maybe, maybe we even have to think about that and clarify that in our own minds um, isn't it to give comfort and ease and refreshment to our guests isn't it with their benefit in mind we want the food to be good we want the house to smell nice we want everything to be clean Because we know that this is what will be pleasant to the people who we're hosting. It's their comfort with which hospitality is concerned. But look what's happening to Martha here. Martha is distracted. And that distraction develops into irritation. And that irritation builds until she finally pops. And comes out with something not likely to make anybody comfortable. She went up to him and said... Can you see her hands on her hips? Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? And then very subtly, tell her to help me. So irritation toward Mary here, not perhaps an unfamiliar dynamic in sibling relations, um, leaving me to do everything myself. But note even the irritation toward Jesus. Don't you care? Um, one commentator says she makes a scene, um, a scene that's expressed, expressing irritation even toward the guest himself. Not calculated to promote anyone's comfort, anyone's refreshment, anyone's peace. What's going on here? What's happening with Mary? Well, we don't know for sure. But when we're experiencing this same kind of indication, what can it, or irritation, what can it indicate? Well, someone drops by our house. At a time when it's not as clean as we'd like or hope, and we get irritated with them. Again, well, what's the point of having a clean house for guests? Well, it's to make our guests feel more comfortable. And when their inopportune dropping in makes us irritated with them, maybe even express our irritation toward them, what's it suggest? Well, actually, that all the other times that we've really just been cleaning the house, not for them, but for us. Uh, not to make them feel more comfortable, um, but to make them feel or think well of us. And to make us possibly feel better about ourselves. And when they come out and out, and our house isn't the way we want it to look, we're irritated with them. Why? Because their action has kept us from looking as good as we would like in their eyes and possibly even an hour's. Of course, it's not simply or merely hospitality in which we can suffer from this attitude. Uh, We can run a meeting. We can lead a study. We can write a sermon. And we can do all of these things without ever giving half a thought to what they're for, whose benefit they're for. um, And we can think almost exclusively when we're doing all these things, how good am I going to look when everyone sees me doing this great act of service? And when we're in that mindset and anything or anyone, including the person that we're supposed to be blessing, keeps us from looking as good as we'd like, we get irritated. So it seems uh, that maybe Martha has been caught up in a little bit of this. She wants the hospitality to be really good. But she's having trouble making it as good as she would like it to be. And her frustration with the guests seems to indicate it's not really the guests that she's thinking about. Frustration with Mary for not helping. And even with Jesus for not making her help. Indicate that she's gotten so caught up in the tasks that she's forgotten the purpose of the gathering. Watch out for this. When you find yourself feeling frustrated toward those you're presumably trying to help and bless... Remember to ask yourself, Am I doing these things for them? Or am I doing them for myself? I say that's part of the problem with what's happening with Martha here, but I don't think it's the most important problem. Because it seems that Martha is distracted from the point of her hospitality and service in another way, in a more fundamental way, in a more important way. We begin, we begin to see this as Jesus responds to her demand. First of all, note, note the tone of the response. Um, nothing like Mary's, or Martha's tone rather. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. And this would have the same sort of effect in, in the ancient world and ancient language as it, it sort of would for us. I mean, this, this is an expression of tenderness toward Martha. This is not the hammer about being ready to be dropped. This is tenderness. Um, this is love for this person. And we see this because Jesus, he doesn't even really give her a rebuke. Um, But what he does give her is a diagnosis. Martha, Martha says, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Now here, I think we get a little more insight into why Martha was distracted. More of what was really going on inside. She was experiencing this anxiety. She was being troubled. By these things. Why? Because of her perfectionism, maybe. Because of her self criticism. Because of the desire to be praised, as we've already talked about, for her hostessing, which she was having trouble achieving because um, she wasn't getting the help she needed. It's not entirely clear any of these things can happen to us, but here, from Jesus' response, is what is very clear. It was more anxiety and it was more trouble than she was supposed to be experiencing it was more anxiety than was necessary which we know because of what Jesus says next. In comparison to all of the things that Mary was troubled with, that Mary was experiencing anxiety as a result of, Jesus says one thing is necessary. Martha is unduly troubled and suffering unnecessary anxiety and trouble about all of the details of the meal not because these things don't matter at all but because there's something else, and there's one thing in particular that Jesus says matters much more. What is that one thing? What is it that was necessary? That's what Mary had chosen instead. He says, Mary has chosen the good portion, meaning the better portion. And what is it that Mary had chosen? Here we come back to this again. And I think this is more where the weight of the point of this account falls. Mary had chosen to listen carefully and attentively and dependently to the word of Christ. Mary seems to have been missing the point of the hospitality, as we said. But here's the even more important thing that Mary, or Martha rather, was missing. This isn't just any guest. This is a guest who brings the word of life. This is the son of the most high God. And Martha has made a, an error in her comparative evaluation. She is not operating according to God's system of values. Listen. The son of the most high God is not a guest that we most please by busily showing him how much we can do for him. rather son of the Most High God is a guest who is most pleased by the degree to which we depend upon him the degree to which we look to him and seek to hear from him and long to hear, his word. Martha thought that Mary was neglecting the more important thing service for the less important thing, listening to Jesus' words. But Jesus corrects her by stating that Mary had properly placed her attention where it was due upon hearing Christ's word, upon hearing from him. In comparison with which Martha's busy preparations which she thought important enough to justify a certain degree of saltiness that wasn't even necessary those preparations and compared to what Mary was doing were not even necessary ask yourself if this is a temptation for you Um, you get so focused on your tasks the tasks that are supposed to be service toward God that you forget altogether about the God that you're serving, that you forget the primary thing that God wants from you and calls from you, that you would desire Him, that you would rest in Him, that you would depend upon Him, that you would feed upon His Word. To dependently seek after the Word of God is what is most pleasing. To God. And in the end, it is what is most beneficial to us. As Jesus says at the end here, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. The return, the reward um, for all of the service that we perform especially service that we perform to make ourselves look good. All of the reward for the service that's performed with no attention to or in the neglect of what God actually wants from us, that won't profit us in the long run. Um, We may get praise from those around us for such service. We may get a temporary feeling of a satisfied conscience. Finally, I've done enough. Um, But these things are fleeting as we well know. But when, like Mary, when we long for the word of God, as Peter says, as newborns longing for milk, when we seek after Christ, and when we find true knowledge of him, Jesus tells us here that we find a treasure that will never run out, that will never wear out, that will never fade that will well up unto eternal life. And let me remind you one more time, you have this word. You have Christ himself in these pages, in front of you in the Gospel of Luke, in the rest of Scripture. You have the same opportunity as Mary to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his teaching. And I give you encouragement that Jesus gives in this account. That is the good portion that you should choose. Let's pray.